Hey guys, welcome to our newest episode of Untalked. Today we're going to talk about a survey that Schwab recently produced regarding some demographic information and financial planning. We just react to some of the um, some of the findings, and then we're going to talk about expiration dates. Um, our top five today is top five biggest lets, letdowns that are not sports related. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own, and they do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 86 of Untucked. This is Megan. Hey, it's Mike. This is Jeff. Welcome back, guys. Yeah, we're halfway through the summer. Here we are. Little hiatus from our pod. Yeah, it's mostly because we don't know how to record when we're not all in the same room. (laughs) Did you guys know that the Antarctic Polar Desert is the largest desert in the world? It's in Antarctica. It's in the South Pole. Largest desert in the world. It's larger than the Gobi, Arabian, and Sahara deserts combined. Wow. Did you know? Did you also know you're not allowed to go to the South Pole? No. Like, you're not allowed? No. By who? By the world. The South Poleans? You can go to Antarctica. Mm, parts of it you're not allowed. Right, but you, you can. I mean, is there like a cruise? No. But By the world. What do you mean? The world police? The world police. Yep. NATO probably. I have a lot of follow-up questions, but I don't think Mike has a lot of answers. <laughs> no. no. He's, the roles have been reversed in this scenario. Uh, okay. I know follow-up questions. Uh, I like mean, I thought deserts were supposed to be dry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you have. Okay. What's the de- what, Give me a definition. The give me the definition of a desert. not considered a desert. Um, if it's like less than 50 millimeters of rain a year it's it's qualified as a desert obviously Uh, it doesn't rain in the south pole okay so it's a polar desert cold cold desert okay yeah all right well that was fun yeah i thought it was fun very fun let's get into it guys come on all right, go. You have a minute. A minute. All right, Phils. Let's start with the Phils right now. <laughs> it's the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. They won. American, uh, National League won. Sk- Skipper was, yeah, National League Robbie won. Robbie T. Rob Thompson was, a, was the Skipper. We're literally talking about the All-Star game. Oh, Kimbrell closed I mean, it out. I mean, that's worse than talking about the Phillies. Kimbrell, Kimbrell closed it out <clears throat> for the win. Haven't, haven't beat them in 11 years, by the way. So National League will have home field advantage in the World Series. Very cool. Um, Phils are six and four in their last ten games. They they were they were closing going into the All Star break pretty well until the final series against Washington. No, not Washington. Um, the uh, Marlins, which they need to catch up on the Marlins. They won the first game, but then lost the next two, which was kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But the series before that, they swept the Rays, who are one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, in in like in Florida. Cool. Yeah, I mean it's lot to be excited about. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Do you want to know their record? Sure. 
they are currently 48 and 41, seven games above 500. Okay. Yeah, so they're mediocre, in other words. They're going to the playoffs as of right now. They have one of the wild card positions. Mediocre, they're above 500. They're, they're, they're very, they're way closer to 500 than like, you know, winning two thirds of their games. Okay. Right? I'm all in on the Phils, guys. <laughs> oh, I, we know That's that. Clear. We know that. Other than clear. the fact that Bryce Harper got like took a fastball like right to his surgically repaired elbow, yeah. and hasn't played in like the last like three games, which is kind of a bummer. Have they diagnosed anything, or are they just resting? I don't know. I, I think he's day to day right now. I don't think it's like a major injury. I think he had an X-ray. Everything was negative, but it can't feel good. Yeah. Okay. So. Get well soon, Bryce. Yeah. How long was that? I stopped watching. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, quick. I, I got to know like, what's going on with Harden. It depends on who you listen to, who you read. Everybody, like, There's two conflicting opinions right now, one of which is the Sixers are going to keep him and he's going to be on the roster next year. The other is he's going to be in L.A. and be a Clipper. That's basically where the... I guess where the unknown lies. Moving to bias would probably have more of a financial impact. Right. But nobody wants him because he's terrible. Um, and Harden's not, there's not a great market for Harden either. Um, like teams aren't looking at him thinking he's going to be a game changer, which we know is in fact what he will not be. Um, so yeah, it's pretty disappointing. They've gotten like Shake Milton's gone. George Niang is gone, which for those guys is great because they went and got paid, which is awesome. But like the depth that the Sixers didn't have last year is now worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, people are pretty high on Jaden Springer. He's a kid who's been in the G League the last two years who, because Shake and George are now gone, will get legit minutes. And I saw some of the footage. He's a super athlete. He looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, I mean, he's that's, playing in the G League, so hopefully that translates to the NBA. Yeah, and it won't immediately, and it won't like super impactfully. But if he can get decent minutes, um, everybody's very excited. At least the way that they're presenting to the media about Nick Nurse, like Maxie's super high on him, um, Joe's super high on him. So there's actually been a decent amount of like, what's the word like? Um, digs at Doc <laughs> just because of the way that Nurse and again he hasn't coached a single game for the Sixers yet so who knows but the that's way why they like him so much right now. <laughs> that's the way he's talked about what he's going to do with this team so I don't know I'm like disappointed probably but because I'm a glutton for punishment somewhat excited for the season to start oh my god I, I, you, I was with I you like word for word until the, your last yeah. statement well I mean it is what it is, right? Like, I like basketball. I like the Sixers. I like the NBA. So I'm excited for it to come back. I know ultimately it's going to lead to more disappointment. But yeah, just because I'm, of how I feel, the season, like nothing stops. <laughs> I'm not excited because if they move Harden, they can't replace him with anyone who's going to make an impact. So they're not going to get any further along if they move Harden. Yes. If they keep Harden... We're going to get more of the same yes. unless him and Joe figure it out miraculously in the offseason and become one of the top um, duos in, in the NBA. I think I've just resolved myself to them being mediocre. Like, I think that's what it is. So we're, what we're, we're two years away again from even getting a sniff at the finals. 
Oh, God, we're further than that. Which is like, okay, then how many more years does Joe have? I don't mean to bring you down. I'm just saying, like, Joe's got three years, maybe? I mean, he's been playing better and better every year since yeah. he's been in the league. But yeah. we know it, it's not, it, it, it can't sustain itself. Sure. So by the time they get to the point where, like, we can get a sniff at a championship... This just isn't a championship team. Uh, <laughs> all right, two weeks till training camp for the birds. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling good about the birds because I think they have the best team in the NFC. And my only my only thing that has me nervous is new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Like that could just they might be nine and like nine and seven next year and one. Yeah. Nine seven and one or something like that because the, these players just aren't familiar with these with these new coaches. Which and and what's his name? Who's our head coach? Sirianni. Yeah, Nick Sirianni. Like he's got to have a relation. Like it's just that's the only thing that has me a little worried. Sure, that's fair. What's got you worried about the birds, Mike? Nothing. Good confidence. Yeah. Nothing. I've have not given him a thought. <laughs> <laughs> Could have left that part out. <laughs> what about the Flyers? We want to well, talk the, draft picks? Yeah, I mean, so they had the seventh overall pick in a stacked draft. They took um, Michkov, a Russian kid who is, by I think most, if not all accounts, would have gone second overall had he not been a Russian kid who still has to play there for another couple of years. He's under contract, oh. and it's Russia and all that. Um, so they took a, a modest gamble, but not really because he's an absolute stud kid's a monster he's an absolute stud of a player supremely talented might be some character questions there's some rumblings but he's 18 so uh, so he's got to play in russia for three years he's like two more seasons or something like that. which means he cannot play for the flyers no and he and and who cares who cares they're They're gonna suck for two years anyway right right so that part of it's fine um, they I should think everyone for the next year. Or two yeah, so and they'll get... be they'll be bad next year. They may not be as bad as everyone thinks if they're healthy, but they're, they'll still be bad enough. Um, but that's problematic, right? Yes, you don't want to be picking twelfth overall next year. Like you, if you're going to be bad, you got to be. You want to be bad. Like you got to be the ten and seventy two Sixers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've noticed like kind of a, a trend here that as soon as you guys became ticket holders for the organizations that you're following, like it's kind of gone downhill. <laughs> no, the yeah. Flyers have been downhill for a long, quite they, a while. Where, where, I've, where, one season I've had it. <laughs> but wasn't last season like their worst record in like the last five years? Yeah, five years probably, but not in the last 15. I don't know. We were going back 15 years. Okay. Yeah. The Sixers outcome since I've been a ticket holder has literally not changed. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I give you that. Yeah. So anyway, um, pretty much consensus, good pick for them. Fits in well with their rebuilding plan. Yada yada yada. Could be an absolute stud. Um, would be a really terrible outcome if he flamed out or became a total head case or something like that, which is possible, but not likely. I, I don't think. I mean, yeah, not likely. You yeah. would think. Yeah. The Russians don't allow you to like spin off the planet, do they? Oh, there's been some Russians who have been total <laughs> like incredible talents but just absolute jokes of of players and like teammates and yeah. humans listening to coaches or not and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
playing defense. You know, okay. stuff you have to do in, in professional gotcha. sports. Gotcha. Yeah. Kyle was psyched about the pick. <laughs> yeah. He, for all the reasons you just said. All, all right. right. Let's get into it. Coach's Corner. <clears throat> um, so we're going to talk about the Charles Schwab Modern Wealth Survey. Uh, Schwab conducted this survey in March of 2023 and uh, surveyed a national sample of Americans aged 21 to 75. Survey covered a lot of ground, so we're going to pick a few specific topics that we want to cover. Um, anywhere in particular you guys want to start? I, I don't like surveys in general, and you know they all do the same ones, Schwab and Fidelity and Vanguard. They all put out the same thing, which is like, we surveyed people about how much they feel it takes for them to feel wealthy and yada, yada, yada. I guess the one thing that stuck out to me was when they talked about um, the differences between generations when it comes to maybe the use of social media, specifically to use it to make investment decisions or follow other people's advice on social media or not. Like, Anyone would predict that younger generations are going to be way more up the scale than older. But I still was surprised at the level of engagement that younger people have with financial advice on social media. And specifically, they are following advice from people on social media to do things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, uh, you know, 60 percent of Gen Z follows influencers around about who share financial advice but yet also fit almost the same percentage makes purchases based on what i see my friends and other influences sharing on social media which is very concerning to me <laughs> and um a red flag to say the least because we've talked before about some of the garbage that's out there um there may be some good there are there there are good things out there being shared but I think it's in the minority. For sure, it's in the minority, and that's. But that's the way that generate this generation is being raised. I mean, my kids are being raised by their parents to be good human beings, but they're getting their information from social media, right? Like how to lift, how to eat, how to clean your house, how to like do everything. It's all following people that do not have to show any credentials whatsoever my son's following people that lift and oh i have to eat create drink creatine and take pre-workout like dude you're 14 like you don't have to do you shouldn't do any of that stuff so and and we're seeing the same thing in the financial world with people that have no credentials whatsoever but are telling the entire world this is how you generate wealth and this is what you should do right and most of those things are predictably things like crypto uh gamestop um, flip real estate. real estate, you know, those sorts of things, which are absolute jokes of pieces of advice to give the masses. And how many times have we even yeah. seen, um, what's her name? Susie Orman and the guy who started FUBU. Uh, I forget his name. Oh, the guy from Shark Tank. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, we've seen them with social media posts that they posted with information that was just dead wrong. Right. Or math that was totally math wrong. Math was completely off. Yeah. And it's probably like being edited and clipped where it's like they just brain farted and said it because they just speak so much and spew so much opinion and bullshit all the time that, yeah, you're bound to like say something that's wrong, but people watch it. 
and people follow it and then people believe it. Oh, if I put $100 away a month for the, between 25 and 65, I'll have $6 million. Like, no, you'll have like 25000 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but I think, and we've talked about it before, and these surveys really just reiterate the point, like, social media is here to stay, right? Like, we can talk about how um, how poor the advice is or how, you know, not applicable it is to the vast majority of people or how wrong some of the things that are being talked about or advised on are, but... TikTok's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Instagram's no. not going anywhere. No. Twitter and Facebook aren't going anywhere. Like, I shouldn't say Facebook. I think that makes me a boomer. But like, um, you know, there there has to, we have to start, I'm not saying the three of us, but generally, like, if this is going to be a platform or these are going to be platforms in which people are seeking advice, the people who do it the right way have to have a presence there. And it's not going to drown out the noise of all of the other you know, other people who are saying the wrong things, but we can equate that to TV and the news cycle, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of outlets that say or, you know, exaggerate things. And I mean, the the advisors and the firms that are doing it the right way have to build online social presences, even though we hate it and we cringe about it. Like it's critically important if this is how people are going to absorb information. True. And I'm going to whine now because (laughs) what's just amazing is how heavily regulated we are in terms of what we can say publicly and, you know, what we can say really anywhere. And the, the amount of garbage that can be shared and monetized, frankly, on social media by people who have no accountability to regulators is just amazing that this is what our SEC and our regulators are are doing. They don't have, they have no clue whatsoever about technology yeah. first and foremost because they're a bunch of seventy one year old old people mostly. Yeah. Um, but it's really something that should be talked about more. Um, I don't know who or how or where, where or why, but it's just a it's a real problem because it should be like very they fly things. under a there's a. The radar is so high that you can fly under in terms of you can go out there and give financial advice yeah, and with no repercussions. Yeah. yeah. And then you get views and clicks and revenue and all that. And it's just, it's just insane. It's not whining. That's the reality of it. It's just, and maybe that's where as advisors, it's like, it's a complete uphill battle, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's daunting to think about, okay, we're going to spend time, energy, and resources doing it this this particular way because we have to, but then 99% of the other information doesn't have to adhere to the same rules and regulations. It's like, well, why even start? <laughs> but I guess, again, back to my point, it's just like, if we do nothing, then we're also at a, like, leaving consumers and they are, they're at a disservice because mm-hmm. they don't have access to people and firms like ours who... I'm saying do it the right way. Follow the rules, for lack of a better term. Right. <clears throat> why do these firms like Fidelity and Schwab and Vanguard, why do they produce these surveys? What's the purpose of them? Because so many people want to know where they stand? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I don't find any value in them. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I know what you mean. 
Um, are they for I'll us or for they or for they cons- or are they for consumers? I think they're more for advisors. They're more for advisors. A, a little bit, yeah, probably more for advisors. But I'll also say this: having worked in these kinds of places, there's a lot of people in there that need stuff to do. And <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, there's marketing departments full of people that do this stuff, and they feel really proud of their product that this is what you know they've produced this phenomenal comprehensive survey showing this that and the other whatever but um what were you and at? then schwab puts it out and fidelity's like whoa hey you guys got to do the same thing vanguard you got to do this yeah. you know they all that's why yeah. there's three of them or right. 10 of them or whatever it is i know the the information seems very common sense to us but if you think about the majority of and i'm going to say like older school financial planning firms that are run by, you know, people like 60 plus, right? Like we have a multi-generational office with people kind of ranging in age. So there's an awareness of, I think, some of the more modern technological features of life that a lot of firms, older firms maybe don't have. So I do think some of this would be more valuable to like a 62 year old planner who's like how do i think about bringing in younger clients or something like that maybe and also though it's it is targeted towards individuals because i'll I'll reference one of the slides here the title of which is about a third of americans have a documented financial plan and those who have one feel more in control of their finances well guess who sells booklets and of financial plans (laughs) to people um, Fidelity, for example, they'll give you a 55-page bound quote-unquote financial plan and say, here it is. Now, don't you feel better about yourself? And it's a, it's worth the paper it's printed on, right? I mean, the documented um, financial plan thing, I, I think we should debate, Jeff. Because I, I think, think – go ahead. I think if someone's going to go to a Fidelity or Vanguard and get their boilerplate mm-hmm. documented financial plan – I would have to guess that that couple or person is probably doing better than the people that aren't at least taking that step. Okay, fair as, enough. As boilerplate as they are, it 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 it, t- it shows me that their their wheels are at least turning and they're they want to get more information and they want to improve their situation. They're they may do a few things a little bit better than the person who doesn't do that. If they're not getting like a true document a financial plan like what we give people or were you saying like we don't even give people no we don't do because a financial plan is not a document it literally changes by the month and year and uh, ever forever right the the concept of a financial plan is always changing correct but you got to start somewhere and we start with a financial plan for people but we don't hand them a binder that says, here's your financial plan. We literally hand them a binder that says, here's your financial plan. No, that's not how it goes. It's exactly what we do. Like, here's how we're going to start your financial plan. You're going to sell all these assets over here. You're going to buy all these assets over here. You're going to go talk to this attorney and get a will. Like, we that's literally, literally hand it to them. But that's one piece of the process of planning. Sure. Planning. It's sure. a, it's a, it's not a plan. It's not a noun. It's planning. It's a, it's a, it's action, right? So what do we hand people? What do we call those? You guys are agreeing. <laughs> kind of, but, yeah, but I agree. But like to say we don't give people a document of financial plan to start their planning 
is wrong. We give documents. We give advice and we give guidance in the form of a physical sure. handout. But I'm, it's not the full plan in one book. It's uh, yes, not. Uh, Megan's making my point. I am, I am comparing <laughs> this to what Fidelity says. Okay, we wrapped up your... You've, you, we've, you have we, your we've financial in, plan. We have the intake of all the information. Here <laughs> is your financial plan. Here's the have end. a nice day. That's the <laughs> distinction. It's like people think they got their financial plan and now they're good to go. Yes. And yes. then it goes back to like these other people that think like, okay, I got that. I'll just come back in five years and, and like redo uh, my financial it. plan. Yeah. Like, right. Okay. Well, what did you do between <laughs> years one and five? Right. Yeah. We're saying yeah, the same I, thing. The same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so generally speaking, we didn't feel like this survey gave us a lot of new or valuable information. It kind of like, we just validated the way we think anyway. Yeah, old people don't use social media. Young people do. <laughs> Got it. Right, and it's a lot of like the value of time versus the value of like your financial assets. Obviously, as you get older, time is more important than you know, the money. Again, to us you know, no brainer. We, we know this, but um, I don't know. Did you guys have any, were you surprised by any of the factors not having enough or why people don't engage in financial planning or why they don't build a financial plan? The first is the perception of not having enough money, feeling like it's too complicated, not having enough time, haven't had a major life event or probably too expensive. You're like, check, 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 Right, check. like, yeah. duh. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly yeah. why people don't do it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And again, across demographics, it, Varies, it skews right. as you would expect. But it's, it's like, that's exactly why people don't eat better, right? It's too expensive. <laughs> it takes too much time. Like, yeah, it's why we don't do a lot of things in life. Like, thank you for identifying why I don't do the things I should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, you nailed it. Uh, okay. Speaking of eating better. <laughs> so we were recently in a client meeting where we were talking about expiration dates. And then this article was presented to us by, was this another? A loyal listener. Another hat tip to Tim. The food expiration dates you should actually follow by J. Kenji Lopez-Alt from the New York Times. Um, <clears throat> we recently found ourselves discussing food expiration dates and whether or not they're legitimate. This article breaks down different categories of food to educate readers on some things to consider. I'll say like one of the opening paragraphs reads this way, food product dating, as the U.S. Department of Agriculture calls it, is completely voluntary for all products with the exception of baby food. So that's basically how the article kicks off. I mean, I don't believe in expiration dates <laughs> at all. Like if you're buying vegetables, like they don't come with expiration dates. Right. So anything that doesn't come with an expiration date probably expires pretty quickly. Anything that has an expiration date, for the most part, unless it was like Caesar dressing, even though the article said that they last a long time. Um, I, I mean, I really don't care. Like my son asked me the other day if the soda can was expired. I'm like, it doesn't ever but it's got an expiration date on it. Like, why? Yeah. Like, my son is obsessed with the expiration dates on everything. He will not eat something if it's, like, two days later. And he gets, he's, like, he's intimidated by it because he thinks it's real. It acts solely as the manufacturer's best guess as to when its product will no longer be at peak quality. Or, alternatively, 
when they want you to throw it out and buy a brand buy a new, new one. one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, it, I, I found the article very interesting how they broke down like different things. Yeah. Like white bread versus or, or white flour versus like brown flour, canned stuff versus jarred stuff. Um, I think we all pretty much agree that expiration dates are bullshit. I don't know that I've like put a ton of thought into it before. Like I think I've always adhered to them, but so so no, I, I I've never thought they were bullshit, but I've never I, I've never thought they were legitimate, if that makes like I've just never really thought about yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they're bullshit. That's all voluntary kind of confirms that it's it is. Yeah. And yeah. they all say best if used by not do not use right, after right. you'll you know, die so, yeah. if you eat them after that. I've, there was a couple points in the article that I thought we could maybe discuss or I could share, like, that I'd highlight that I could share with you. Uh, one was, I don't know if the person, if the author, author was joking or not, but like leaving the refrigerator door open because obviously that will spoil stuff faster. How, what's your take on like you open the fridge, you take the milk out, you get your cereal, you get your bowl. Like, do you, would, would you leave the fridge open or are you a fridge closer? I'm a fridge closer. I'm a fridge closer, but not because I'm worried about the spoil factor. I just don't like to leave doors open. You don't refrigerate the whole. No, I just, like, if I open a cabinet and take out a coffee cup, I close the cabinet. Sure. So Lots of people don't. In your (laughs) scenario, I'm definitely closing the fridge. But, like, when I come home from the grocery store, everything that goes in the fridge gets in a particular pile, and I open the fridge once, put everything away. Mm-hmm. So I am conscious of it, but I, again, I don't think it's because I'm worried about spoiling anything in there. I think it's just like, why would I open this door four times if I can only only need to open it once? Smart. I agree. Smart. Um, they mentioned that um, store bought bread has like specific oils or preservatives in it, which help it last longer. But like your fancy breads, so she's like, I he or she, I forget who wrote it cuts them up and puts them in the freezer like that's a hard no for me what do you mean you get fancy bread to like dip in oil and parmesan and salt and pepper you eat it that night and then it's gone because if you freeze it and then take it out of the freezer and try to use it two weeks later it's not even close to the same quality yeah i freeze all of my bread fancy bread fancy bread and it's it's just as good when you take it out I, i mean probably not but like i buy for one person like how it wouldn't make sense for me to buy. I don't like what. What would the alternative be? Buying fresh bread every time I want it. Like that's well, silly. You only buy fresh bread for certain things. I don't buy preservative bread. The, you don't the buy bread like, I make sandwiches on is, I guess, fancy bread, which is not like fancy. the loaf from the from yeah, the like pre-cut sourdough. Oh my yeah, God, you're such a brat. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not a brat. It's just the bread I prefer. But like, I again, I've operated as a single person for a really long time so i take the bread i want the two slices for my sandwich or for my toast and then it goes back in the freezer it's probably yeah it's not as good as the first day it's fresh from the bakery but like yeah the alternative doesn't i understand make sense why either. you do it yeah can you just get smaller loaves i mean i i get small loaves All right <laughs> They made a point that we use the term like smells like rotten eggs, but like when's the last time you smell like I don't think I've ever smelled a rotten egg. 
which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Like I've smelled hard boiled eggs that are stinky when you open them up because they're like, they're green and they're, they kind of smell like eggs, but they're not rotten. Mm-hmm. And you saying there's no such thing as rotten. Well, eggs? their point was like, by the time the eggs get on the shelf, they've already been laid for 60 days and they can last a really long time because when's the last time you cracked open an egg and we're like, Oh God, that's spoiled. Like, yeah, I don't think I ever have ever. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So my rule of thumb with all this stuff has always been like the smell test. Like if it, if the, if it smells bad or if you can obviously see mold on it, yeah, it's bad. Don't eat it. Yeah. I think the bigger concern for where people that people should have is like temperature safety. Like, and I feel like this is something over the summers, especially you go to a barbecue and people are leaving shit out for hours. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to eat the the dip or the chicken that's been sitting out since one o'clock in the afternoon, like refrigerated again. And this is me. My mother is the queen of this, like defrosting things on the counter for, you know, eight hours. Like there, there's more important ways to handle food that people should be cognizant of. And it doesn't have to do with yeah. <laughs> your expiration dates. What's the, Wait, go back to defrosting for eight hours. because You're not supposed to defrost of- outside of the refrigerator. Yeah, like you're supposed to take from freezer and keep cool, like in the fridge. You, That's where uh, you're defrosting. You don't just throw it on the counter for, My, eight, for all day long. Yeah, so you can like, you can put it there like prior to cooking. But like my mother would take chicken out of the freezer and it would sit on our kitchen counter in the morning, That's and then we would does. eat it for dinner. That's what who does? That's what Pam does. Yeah, yeah. My mother-in-law does the same thing. Like, <clears throat> she puts the roast beef frozen on the counter by like two o'clock in the afternoon. There's blood dripping off the counter. <laughs> the everything bacteria, is contaminated. The yeah. bacteria that can grow and when then, it's not properly like. So it has to it has, to, has to have a slower thaw process, yes. is what you're saying. Yeah, and yes. like like. And a cool thaw. Like I don't know how else to describe yeah, yeah. it. Like okay. it's not meant to thaw in. You know, a kitchen. It's it's meant to thaw in a fridge. You could take your steaks out of the fridge that are soft. You know, they're 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 defrosted. You can bring them to room temperature. Yeah. In thirty five, forty five minutes. Oh, sure. Cook, yeah. And then you cook them. But you can't yeah. take them out frozen and let them bleed all over your countertop. <laughs> what about f- direct frozen to the grill? I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you're skipping that whole. Contamination yeah. process. I, right? I think the the maybe bigger issue there is like, is it going to cook? Cook all the way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but, just did that last week and it was perfect. Oh, yeah. well, uh, you're good, good for you. you. you got a good strategy. <laughs> no one got sick. <laughs> My mother-in-law's strategy, which unfortunately, you're taking the roast beef out, letting it defrost all day, and then everyone comes over for dinner, and the next day everybody has the shits. Is <laughs> that's she what... won't she won't hear this, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just it the. The barbecue scene, I just yeah. I struggle with. My it. neighbor does it. The kitchen, yeah. the, the 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 chicken yeah. and the and the salmon just like sit yeah. on the counter. Yeah, and you know how chicken has that like gooey like grossness to it, dude. It's like dripping all over. It's oh like, okay. dude, can you get it away from like the potatoes before like literally everything we're gonna eat is infected? <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. All right. On that note, are we ready to go to the top five? Yeah. Top five non-sports-related letdowns. 
You look excited, so do you want to No, no. <laughs> I wanted to ask last? you how you felt about your letdowns. I feel pretty strong about mine. Um, yeah, I think I feel pretty good. Okay. My one, I'm just wondering about overlap. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I don't think I I'm going to have gonna much something. overlap okay, at all. Okay, okay. Maybe one or that. two. And then there's so much. You want to start? My first one I thought was really good because I didn't, like, Google it. I didn't Google any of mine, but... Y2K was like the one I thought of on my own. I'm like, that's really good. And then like I Googled and like it's one of the first responses. I have New Year's Eve. I, that's different. That's totally that different. That is totally different. I had Y2K and I thought I was in because I figured you guys were like eight years old when <laughs> Y2K was, was here. So the total, total letdown. It's like one of the best examples of, of yes, a letdown. 100%. Uh, Fire Festival. Oh. Complete letdown. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Good I can't one. believe it's not on any one of yours. I guess... I, I kind of took this personal letdowns. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't at okay. Fire Festival. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, went, I went kind of. Broad. Yeah. And I mean, some like I'm gonna I say that, and you're gonna be like, <laughs> Yeah. Does that apply to you? So, um, Blu-ray discs. Oh, hmm. good one. Like, they weren't any better than DVDs. <laughs> they were literally DVDs. Yes, they were. They did. Weren't they small? They're supposed to be like clear or something. They weren't. They sucked. Uh, getting older. Complete letdown. Is it supposed like, to be so a letdown? When you're means young, means that you, it, the high expectations. When you're young, you just want to get older, dude. I just want to get older. Then you get older, you're like, Ugh, I just want to be younger. <laughs> like it's a complete letdown. Okay. And then my last one is your first real paycheck. Oh, that's, oh, that's a good a, one. That's an excellent one. That's a really good one. I felt pretty strong about that. Yeah, one. good, good one. I told Melissa that one. She didn't even react. Maybe it's because she never gets paychecks. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, I'll go, I guess. Um, Y2K was on mine. Um, I'm going to go with the Segway. Like the little... The little like motorized little yeah, scooters. Yeah, Because rem- remember, they were... They Those were going to stand on. Yeah, they were going to. Yeah. So the cops were using them and stuff. Yeah, and, and they <laughs> were going to segue tours in cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, they're gone. They were going to be. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Huge letdown. Huge letdown. Uh, Jeff, you'll appreciate this one. The Juicero. Oh yeah, major letdown. Yes, for a lot of stockholders too. <laughs> yeah. What was that? It was like a six hundred dollar juice machine that was supposed to replicate this fresh squeezed, you know, juice process, which. It turned out upon further investigation was no different than squeezing the orange yourself <laughs> in your hand. <laughs> Literally. So it went from, you know, huge product, huge company to goose egg. I forget. Like, Do we know the people that yeah, there started was a, it? There was a, no, uh, think, a relative of one of our clients was involved, okay. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Seinfeld finale. I don't remember it, but I think I remember it being a letdown. Yeah, it's probably one of the most. Was it like a the, montage? Yeah, it's it was so bad. It was near the top. It is near the top of like finales that were just universally bad. hated. Yeah, yeah. I watched the, my first three episodes of Seinfeld. Feld. I, I guess not. It's been on the background before, but like episode one, two, and three of the series, it was terrible. <laughs> their their acting is very bad in the beginning. It gets better. I'm not going to watch any more of it. I'm done. But like. Fair enough. What's it about? Nothing. It's yeah, just it's not them about hanging out. Yeah, pretty much. It's a show about nothing. Okay. 
just want to make sure I didn't miss anything because it was really Dude, like, like a that's couple, a letdown generally. A couple speaking. seasons later, they have an episode where Jerry and and George go to NBC to pitch a show about nothing. About themselves. It's and it's yeah. about like and they had like characters that were playing themselves. It's, a, like, it's, it's great. I mean, I guess. <laughs> um, the next one I have on my list, number four, is the police reunion tour. Really, no mm-hmm. good. Absolute <laughs> definition of a letdown. <laughs> I mean, this is an iconic three-person band yeah. that just killed it. Pretty short period of time too, and then they they finally come back after all this. You know, Sting was a dick, and you know they they hated each other, and they come back together and horrible. Wow, horrible. Where'd you see them? At uh, where was it? Wells Fargo Citizens or whatever down okay. there. Yeah. Um, and then the last one on my list is generally fireworks. I disagree. Couldn't agree more. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> fireworks. They haven't gotten any better. In ever right, the fireworks you saw when you were a kid are pretty much the same ones you see now, right? I think if you asked eighteen-year-old, or I'm sorry, eight-year-old Mike Trainer, he would uh, completely disagree. With maybe you. I would, but now it's a letdown. <laughs> you know, they're not for you, right? What? What are you talking about? They're not for the fifty-year-old guy that's seen fireworks like. 75 times in his life. There's plenty of 50-year-old dudes who love fireworks. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I have New Year's Eve, which I said when you said... I agree. Time. I think New Year's Eve is a letdown. Yeah, I think it's it's just overhyped. I mean, I, you could probably argue that for about a couple different holidays, yeah. but New Year's Eve specifically. Um, first time having sex. Oh, letdown. <laughs> It's um, a good one. The show Dexter. Okay, why? Like the finale? No, Just the, the sh- actual show. Yeah, well, so it like it starts off really good for mm-hmm. like five or six seasons, and then it takes this weird incestual turn. Okay, and it like it just went somewhere it didn't need to go. So I mean, shows get bad or they run too long, but this was compounding that by getting weirder than it already was. Okay. Um, similar to your growing up, like graduating from college, like you're graduating and you think like the world is just <laughs> your oyster and right. everything is ahead of you. And then it just is like, no one wants, I want to go back. so bad. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah, fantastic. Good um, and then this came up the other day in a meeting, like for me, part bourbon, like whiskey, maybe more generally. Really? Like, I just feel like it's popular and. Everybody like like I want to like it and I physically cannot. Hmm. So it feels like a letdown. I couldn't agree more. And like I'll smell a bottle like that smells really good. I think I might like this one. I think I might be able to drink it. And then it like burns my esophagus like every other one. And it doesn't taste good either. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I liked all of our lists. Good job. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Cool. Till next time. Thanks for listening. See ya.